but I know you love to listen to my stories. That's all that matters. Uh-oh. Someone bled the bed again. I'll go get those. I hope you don't mind listening while I get things ready. Not that it matters, but if you're sensitive or squeamish, you might want to cover your ears. <laughs> you are listening to Serial Frictions. Today's story... Choose your own adventure. Why I can't stand something I used to love. I'm no longer a fan of Choose Your Own Adventure novels after having my feel my seventh grade year. It was fall at the time. The leaves were a beautiful shade of red and the south was mildly chilly. Stepping out into the morning for school had always made me remember to grab my jacket, which often made for a few close calls at the school bus stop. My parents were already at work, so I had a toaster pastry for breakfast, which left much to be desired, but was enough to satisfy my then small stomach and sweet tooth. I arrived at the bus stop where my friend Tim was standing, tapping his foot. What happened this time? Put your underoos on backwards? Shut up, I stammered. I'm always on time. Only barely, I grimaced as he teased. Then he laughed as the bus pulled up, raising his eyebrows in mock flirtation. I punched him in the arm, and the driver yelled for us to stop the horseplay and get on the bus. We both piled on and pulled out a copy of our current Choose Your Own Adventure novel. All these books were tattered from their popularity among us. They were like video games at the time, and a great way to entertain us boys on the terribly long, terribly boring bus ride in our underpopulated but spacious rural county. Damn it! Tim yelled as we approached the school. The bus driver gave him a stark look which told Tim that one more curse word would result in a trip to the principal's office. I was laughing because he somehow always chose the most gruesome endings, and it always caused him to release some very colorful words, some of which my sheltered ears had never heard before. It was a mostly boring school day. I watched the rain patter on the window, stopping at a crack halfway down, gathering there until the weight pulled it down. Timothy threw a note asking if I wanted to stay at his place, which for our two mothers was allowed with certain limitations. I gave him a wink and then threw the paper at his head. I knew that meant we would be playing his Atari all night and staying up late reading our novels. My eyes got wide, however, when he pulled from under his desk a colorful book that read, Choose Your Own Adventure. It was a new one. I mouthed my excitement and he winked back at me. He must have gotten at the book fair with his allowance. 
On the ride home, he told me that we had to wait until he got to his house to play. And so it was a long and anxious ride. My small frame almost couldn't handle the anticipation. We stared at the cover of the book. It was almost religious. He looked me up and down and gave me a half smile. I looked back curiously, but the moment was fleeting as we approached the street. We both ran off the bus when it stopped in front of his house. He opened the door and we laughed as we kicked our shoes off and raced to his bedroom. It was a normal boy's room, except for the adventure books laying everywhere. There were dirty socks and a t-shirt hanging off the lamp. That was unusual because his mother is exceptionally neat and would have usually acted with swift punishment or, or he wouldn't hear the end of it for a week. Soda or juice? He asked. Soda, duh. Awesome. I'll be right back. He goes to the kitchen and after some clattering noises comes back with two cups, each a different color. Cups for kids, with lids. I know, embarrassing, but that's the only way we were allowed to drink in his room. His mom made him adhere to rules like that or he, and me by proxy, would lose the privilege altogether. Green or blue? Green. I answered without any real conviction. I just wanted the sugar inside. Good choice, he giggled. I grabbed and all but devoured the caffeine. Man, I love soda. He grabs the book and sits crisscross applesauce in the middle of the room. I join him as he opens the first page. He was waiting for something though, looking at the page and repeatedly glancing up at me. Go on, read, I begged. Stop being such a tease, let's start already. We already have, he said, prompting me to give him a confused look. Uh, I feel funny. My vision blurred and I passed out. I could only barely make out his voice as I lay there. You chose green. I woke up in his basement tied to a chair. Good morning, sleepyhead. This isn't funny! My face was red from both embarrassment and frustration as I wriggled around. Let me go. I hate being tied down or held down or anything related. Probably because of past trauma with a bully in elementary school. Nothing bad, just unending noogies and knees to my back. I hated it, nonetheless. Calm down, baby. What is this? Let me go! I yelled for his mother. He walked up close to me, the one overhead light casting creepy shadows on his face. Gone for the week, I'm afraid. Just left this morning. Something about Grandpa. Oh, what the heck? This isn't funny. You're scaring me! I said. Relax. We're just playing a game. He put his hand on my shoulder and in a warm tone told me everything was going to be okay. I calmed down. He was my best friend after all. Relax? I asked. But he just giggled and shrugged. 
I blushed and squinted my eyes at him. Then, after he looked me over and gave me a wink, I looked away out of embarrassment. This was his game. Choose your own adventure! He did not have the book which he showed me in school, but a small composition notebook. So you want to play? He asked excitedly. I want to go home, I winced. He pouted his lip condescendingly and spoke with a mocking tone. That doesn't seem to be one of the choices. This was weird and made me uncomfortable, but we played strange games all the time. Games where he would pretend to be creepy, tried to scare each other, but never to the extent of tying each other up to a chair and what was that he put in my drink? Uh, I'm going to get in trouble, you know. I'm not supposed to be over here when your mom's not here. Come on, stop being such a baby. Your mom won't even notice. My mom's car is still in the driveway. She took a cab to the airport just play. Fine. I said reluctantly. He began. Somerville is a small town with a rich history. Despite its size, there are many houses, and the architecture feels like a wrinkle in time. Covering each of the Victorian houses is a collection of rust, mold, and weeds. There are two houses in your view. You are cold and hungry. You just escaped a terrible situation when you aren't quite ready to even think about just yet. All that you want is to find a way to go home. You notice that one house has red, rustic shutters. The other has no shutters at all. These two have a warm glow coming from inside. Which house would you like to enter? I squirmed and whined. You know I don't like the scary ones. Choose! I grumbled reluctantly. The house with the red shutters? No, wait. The one without shutters. I knew that in these books, they would usually foreshadow using colors. I don't want to end up a bloody mess. He frowned, seeming a bit defeated. I wanted you to go the other way. I felt hopeful with that response. He sighs. You walk into the house and study the long hallway beside the stairs. Looks typical for the period. You shiver as you feel a warm draft from the kitchen. Your stomach churns as you smell something that's seasoned. You are very cold and hungry. Do you shout to see if anyone is there, or do you go into the kitchen to eat? It was at this that I noticed that my stomach was growling. I hadn't eaten since school, and the story was right. I did smell something delicious. It was a strange, savory smell, almost like... It smells like tomato soup, bread, and steak. My stomach made a gurgling sound as I shivered. I should go into the kitchen. It would probably be a bad idea to shout in case there was something 
I paused for a moment and looked wearily at him. Evil here. I don't want to set myself up for failure so soon. I go into the kitchen. The kitchen table is covered with food. There is enough for a small banquet, but there is no one around. He sets a tray down in front of me. It smelled so good to my empty stomach. It was making my mouth water. Do you think you can untie me while we eat? He doesn't answer. Then he reveals the dish. There is tomato soup and a roll. First course. Do you choose the soup or the roll? He knows I love tomato soup. The soup, it tastes unusually salty and metallic as he spoon feeds me. Its strange sweet taste is something familiar and delicious, but not like tomato soup. Is that enough? He speaks gently as if out of reverence or respect. Not for me, but for the game. I feel full but strange. This was an over-encompassing feeling of fear, and some kind of resentment in myself, as if I had done something unspeakable, as if I had realized what I had just done, because as I looked down at the tray, I noticed something sticking out of the side of the dinner roll. It is the tip of a human finger. I laugh hysterically. I didn't have to worry about my mom finding out we were here alone. We weren't. His mom never left. He spoke when I gave a moment of silence. I was hoping you'd choose the other house. But it's good that you ate, depending on your choices. This could be a long game. And it was. It lasted all night, and we were both crying in the end. When we finished, he let me go. I called my mom. She called the cops. When it was proven his mother died of natural causes. Thank goodness. He was locked away in psychiatric care. I think he's still there. As for me, I went to bed every day the next few weeks without supper. I guess you could say I lost my appetite. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you did, why not leave us a good review and share with your friends. After all, sharing is scaring. Music by Kevin McLeod at incomputech.com. See show notes for more details.